Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, Small Biz Brain Trust. Welcome to episode 138, How HR Should Prepare for a Recession, Part 1. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay. And this is the podcast that delivers employer intelligence two days each week in a short 7-10 to minute episode. You know my co-host Robert Attridge, he delivers the Thursday show, and I deliver the Tuesday show. Were you in the workforce back in 2008? Well, chances are you were. Do you remember the impact the Great Recession had on your business? Well, I sure do. We lost over 30% of our clients within a few weeks, and we had to let some employees go. Since we didn't see it coming, we weren't prepared for it. Now another recession is on the horizon, and this one, in my opinion, will be worse than the last. I sort of fancy myself a student of economics. I've been studying the subject for 25 years. And the first book I read on the topic was Restoring the American Dream by Robert J. Ringer, and then The Law by Frederick Bastiat. I've read a lot more since then but nowhere near as much as my mentor and uncle, G. Douglas Anderton, the G-man, as he's known. It's his fault that I am the way I am when it comes to economics and politics. So a shout out to you, G-man. Now, I follow a lot of different economists, including Doug Casey, Jim Rickards, Peter Schiff, Mike Maloney, Mark Faber, and contributors to the Foundation for Economic Education and Agora Financial. Well, let's start off by talking about what a recession is. There are several different formulas used for determining if we're in a recession. One is a negative gross domestic product for two consecutive quarters. That's six months. Now, the National Bureau of Economic Research, or NBER, has a more in-depth formula. The NBER is a private nonprofit who's been conducting and publishing economic research since 1920. And they have 26 Nobel Prize winners in economics on their team and over 1,400 professors of economics and business who are leading scholars in their fields. That's an army of researchers. And they're some really smart people. But they aren't always right. And no one ever really is. Well, anyway, they define a recession as a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy lasting more than a few months. To determine if we're in a recession, they look at real GDP, real income, employment, industrial production, and wholesale retail sales. But there isn't a specific formula for calculating a recession. So in August 2008, Edward E. Liamer, a UCLA professor and one of the NBER elite, wrote and published a working paper titled, What's a Recession Anyway? His point is that you've got to have a the right formula or algorithm for calculating a recession. He wrote, quote, The point of an algorithm is to take the guesswork out of the recession definition, end quote. Well, that sounds pretty good, right? Well, he went on to say we need a clear definition so that we're all on the same page. And so he came up with an algorithm that perfectly identified the 10 NBR officially recognized recessions since World War II. Then he used this formula to see if we were in a recession in the summer of 2008. 
Liamer said in the punchline of his paper that, quote, we're not in a recession. For those who insist otherwise, I offer a challenge. What's your algorithm? End quote. Again, this was in August of 2008. Now, he even goes as far as mocking Warren Buffett for a comment that he made on May 3rd, 2008. Mr. Buffett said, quote, by any common sense definition, we're in a recession. Business is slowing down, end quote. So the wise Liamer calls Buffett's comment a Potter Stewartism. He's referencing former Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, Potter Stewart, who made the statement, I'll know it when I see it, in 1964 in a case involving pornography. Well, as it turns out, Buffett was right, and Liamer couldn't have been more wrong. His algorithm was garbage. It failed to identify the fact that we were already about eight months into the Great Recession. By September 2008, Congress had approved the $700 billion bank bailout known as TARP. The recession had started many months earlier, and this was just the official manifestation of it. Also, it seems that a lot more goes into the calculation than what the NBER uses, and the all-know-it-when-I-see-it method works pretty well at identifying a recession, at least if you're Warren Buffett, that is. So what other factors might contribute to a decline in economic activity spread across the economy that we can look at? Well, how about household debt? Household debt is back to where it was in 2008, just before the Great Recession. But the mix of the debt is different, and that's important. Mortgage debt is down because so many people lost their homes and they BK'd out of that debt. But credit card, auto, and student loan debt are way up since then. Low interest rates and newly printed bailout money provided to the banks by the U.S. Treasury via the Federal Reserve have fueled the household debt train, and it's been chugging down the track at record speed. Plus, not all debt is created equal. Mortgage debt has a traditionally appreciating asset on the other side of the transaction, but not credit card, auto, and student loan debt. The auto loan is backed by a depreciating asset and has a relatively short lifespan, and the credit card and the student loan debt don't have anything behind it. Now, to make things worse, personal savings in the U.S. are non-existent. In episode 65, Living Paycheck to Paycheck, I told you, according to CNBC, 66 million Americans have no savings, and Forbes says that 63% of Americans don't even have enough to cover a $500 emergency. That's pretty bad. Now, in 2012, the U.S. household debt was 83% of GDP, while wage and salary income was 42.6%. So basically, Americans, on average, owe twice as much as they earn in a year. And to make matters worse... Incomes have been stagnant for the past several years, and household debt has been going up. But the household debt-to-GDP ratio for 2016 was down to 79.5. Now, that's lower than it was in 2012. But one of the factors that goes into calculating GDP is government spending. Now, that's messed up, because the more the government spends, the lower the ratio, and the better the roses smell. So as far as the total amount owed goes, household debt's the same today as it was in 2008. But remember, the mix is different now. It's a worse mix. Plus, if the government had not spent itself into oblivion over the past several years, then household debt to GDP 
would be much higher. Now, there are at least three other factors that I want to cover, but we'll have to go over those in episode 140 next week in part two, and then we'll get down to how you can prepare from an HR standpoint in part three on episode 142. So for now, there you have it. Cruise on over to Small Biz Brainiac on your internet browser of choice and grab your free report on the eight steps to lowering your employer liability and see how you're doing. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.